It's all fun and games until someone loses an eye. Yep. I'm not saying that someone lost an eye. I'm just saying it's all fun and games until someone loses an eye. Happy hump day, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Road to 60. Okay, folks, let's talk adventure of a certain age. Last time, I think we were talking about traveling at a certain age because we were preparing, I was preparing on going on a trip with my daughter, a long road trip to Tennessee, and we were going to be hiking, backpacking, and camping all in the 10-day period. And I told you the perils of needing to purchase, um, you know, an extra bag for medication. Well, when it came down to it, I didn't have to get that giant 30-day thing. Um, actually, I didn't go to the um, pharmacy. I had her go to the pharmacy and pick it up for me. Um, not because I was embarrassed, I was doing some other things. So I told her to get me, you know, they didn't have a, if they didn't have a, a, a 14 day thing, then get me, uh, another seven day and I'll take the two seven day things, but do not come back in here with the one that have the giant letters because I refuse to do that. And, um, the other night we were out at a CVS down here in Tennessee, which by the way is where I'm at. So I'm not recording at home. I'm using the laptop that we took. The point was to upload some videos and um, do some other things on it, which I have yet to do. In fact, I we just came back and I was doing something in the room. I, I know what it was. I, I was soaking the tub after a while and I put the clothes in uh, the machine we have here. And after that, I went to just sit down and start looking at a movie on my laptop and fell asleep while cooking some beans and I had like two nightmares in a very short span so it was it was it was crazy uh, anyway so we we're, we're down here and we go into the super we go into CVS and I point to her the box that I was talking about and then I just started laughing I was like you see this I refuse to get this giant thing you should have seen this box is huge and any of you who take a number of pills you know exactly what I'm talking about so that's kind of where we left off at, and I was and I was in the room. I dozed off again, and then I woke up, and I went to go outside, and, and I told her to make some rice, and I just heard my knees just start cracking and cracking and cracking, and then it gave me idea for this week's episode: adventuring at a certain age, hiking over fifty. You give it whatever name you want to give it, but let's talk about adventure because that is actually what I do a lot of these days or um, for as long as I can possibly push my body to go. So, um, yeah. 
that's a great old saying. It's always fun in games till someone loses an eye. And when you become a certain age, I remember my sister was always talking to my brother-in-law when we were younger, and they were about four years older than me. Um, and I was in my 20s. He was pushing his 30s, and then even after that, he was outside trying to play basketball and would always come home with an injury in his 30s because he wanted to play basketball with the young guys, you know, play out and get out there, go play a pickup game with the young boys and, you know, twisting and turning and come back home. And he's in massive pain because at about 30, I think we all realize that we do not only or do we not have the strength. We still we're still a little strong. We're still a little strong. But we lack the body to actually do what we used to do when we were, mm, let's say, between our mid-teens to our 20s. It can no longer go. You can't bend your body that way. You cannot magically do it. I mean, we look at athletes right now in their 30s and their 40s, and we're like, man, that, that person is really good. At the same time, we look at them and like, man, I wish I could do that. And I bet they wish that they can do that. Because what they have is a massively good plan. They have a team owner who's behind them. Oh, wait, can we say owner anymore? Because, you know, that's a racist thing. The team owns you and, and you know, most of the players in basketball and football are black and yada, yada, yada. Guess what? I'm from a certain age, from a certain generation, and I don't give a flip about saying the word owner or going somewhere like when we came down here, like the master bedroom. But I digress. So, you know, they have the owners, they have team doctors, and these are the people who pumped them up with drugs and take care of their kneecaps and soak them up and, and wrap them up and, and give them all the good stuff. They got a great insurance plan until they quit or until they retire. And then the reality of professional sports sets in. I remembered watching this very, very sad um, video of, of the bus from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. His name escapes me right now. Um, Bettis, Jerome Bettis. And he had this thing. And Jerome Bettis, by the time he retired, was still a young man. You know, he had one of those things that those the, the, the seats that take you all the way up the staircase. And it was sad to watch him do this. Because again, he this is Jerome Bettis is a young guy. So it was sad to watch him do this, but what happened was Jerome Bettis not only had asthma, but they said, you know, he was still playing uh, football with asthma, but the arthritis that he had, he was saying it was so hard to get out to bed on Sunday to go play a game, and he needed this to get him upstairs. He had a, he had a, a ton of different painkillers and all this stuff to deal with his, his arthritis, just trying to get up out to bed to go play ball on Sunday for us to sit down here and root for the Steelers to beat the mess out of somebody else. Yes, yes, yes. I am from the Bronx. I am from New York, and I loved the Steelers at the time. I was a diehard Giants fan back when I was in my 20s. I loved the Jets, but then the Jets did whatever the Jets did. After the sack exchange broke up, I immediately moved to the Giants in the mid-80s and was a diehard Giants fan, but I haven't seen a football game since my wife died. I've tried to sit down and watch football. It's not that exciting. I digress again. 
But we're talking about when you get to this particular age and you can no longer get hit by another player. You can no longer hit another player without the massive amount of injuries that's going to happen to your body. So what does this say about someone like me? What does this say about the normal human being that wants to go back out and continue to play football or continue to do things at a particular age? Well, here's a shock and surprise for you. We don't have a team doctor. We have whatever doctor we could afford with our insurance plan. I happen to have a crappy insurance plan. Um, this is the state insurance plan for those who are unemployed. Um, some of us have great insurance plans and you will get whatever care you can get from your doctor according to whatever insurance plan you have. And it is not the NFL. So that's what happens. So I go now to get some permits to go backpacking in Great Smoky Mountain, which is where we went. We went to uh, Smoky Mountain Master Park. When you fill out the paper for backpacking, now, it wasn't just that we were going to be hiking in there. We were going to be spending a night there. But we also were going to be in the backcountry. Now, this may be some fancy word that none of you understand and none of you know. Backcountry camping or backcountry hiking is it ain't fun. It ain't fun country. It's not front country, which is another thing when you sign up for these permits they have. Basically, you were out there in the boondocks. There's no bathroom. There's nothing out there to help you. You take everything, the care and the need that you have upon yourself. So. <laughs> I had to sign all these different things about that I will not do this, I will not do that, I'm responsible for this, I'm responsible for that, I'm responsible for this and that and the other. And that's basically what it is about for everything in life, that you are in charge, you are responsible for whatever decisions that you make. So when we're talking about adventuring, when we're talking about doing sports, when we're talking about taking up these hobbies that we dreamed of when we were younger, some of us didn't get a chance to do it, so we're doing it when we're a little bit older. Some of us did it when we were younger, and we're picking it back up when we're a little bit older. We really do take things in our own hands. And um, hiking, again, adventuring, hiking, I take at my own risk. I cannot blame someone if I blow out my knee. I can't blame someone if my back, I have a hurt, bunch of herniated discs, go wrong. I can't blame someone else if I have a heart attack because I took this particular thing on my own against my doctor's advice or maybe my doctor did say it's okay to do. Um, if I go out and I fall off a cliff somewhere or maybe not fall off a cliff, we ain't going to talk about that. If I go out and I get a massive injury to my legs or my arms or some other limb, and you're not able to use these things anymore, I can't sue that park. I can't sue anybody else. I can't say it's their fault that I did this. No, it's my fault that I did this. Was I prepared? Did I have everything I need? Or did I just go out there willy-nilly and do something, and then I got injured, and now I want to sue someone else? That's not how it goes. I'm responsible. If I'm going to take it on at this particular age, then I need to take on 
the responsibilities of, of, of what happens. So, <laughs> what happened was, or as some people says, what had happened was, um, I've been, we've been hiking now for a little bit, but since 2020 happened, I haven't really trained. And that's what I call working out. I call it training because I'm not just going into the gym to exercise, to lose weight. There is a purpose to me doing that because that's great. But the purpose is to train the body to be able to be, to, to train the body and condition the body to take on the challenges of the trails that I'm going to be on, to take on the challenges of the twists and turns I'm going to do with a heavy bag on my back or a lighter bag on my back, to train my body and my lungs and my wind and my heart to be able to take the pressure of all the miles and hours that I'm going to be out doing this stuff. So it's been a year since we've been in the gym. And um, over the past year, my leg muscles are gone my upper body strength has weakened and we all know that when you get a particular age that you do lose muscle tone and that you do lose strength which is the one of the reasons why i went back into um why i got into going into the gym from the beginning was because i was getting weak and my legs i just kept losing my balance and the minute i went to the gym i got my balance back it was insane it really didn't take but more than over a month for me to have a good balance and, and not be off balance and tripping all over it for my knees to work and my legs and feet to work. So um, there wasn't a lot of training in this and I was this one was more of a, 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 um, a mental challenge in trying to figure it out. I was unfamiliar with the terrain. I was unfamiliar with the air quality here in Tennessee. I was unfamiliar with the park. I was unfamiliar with a lot of things. Since we're going to be backpacking, I'm totally unfamiliar with how this all works. I know it's basically camping and hiking together. And you're out there for a number of days. So we go out, I get the stuff and we start doing this. We start doing these miles. Now, my daughter and I, we've hiked um, up the highest we've ever been was 2,500 feet. A place that we went to this weekend, we the highest peak that we were at was uh, 22 plus 100 feet. That's 2,000. Well, you already know that. So what happened is usually there's this thing called the elevation gain. And how I can explain this is, is, is that if you're walking up, if the apartment that you want to get to is on the third floor, in order to get to the third floor, you started on the second floor and you're walking up one flight of steps. Instead of starting at the ground floor and walking up however many steps, however many flights of steps it takes to get to that floor. Well, the highest we've ever gone, it was a very steep straight up and down that wrecked my kneecaps, was uh, about 725. This thing I found out after I got to permits, after I got down here and I, and I kind of read into it, we were going to have to do an elevation gain of 1,400 feet. Well, it actually was 16, almost 1,700 feet. We'd never climbed that high. And 
Um, my knees were great going up, but by the time I've gone through so many mileage up, you know, so much up, and it took us three miles. The, the The campsite we had to hike to was two miles. And, you know, on our slow day, we'll do a mile a minute. So that ought to tell you just how tough this was for us. It took us three hours to get two miles. And all the way up, and I was pushing my body. I had to turn around, make sure she's okay because she has asthma. And, you know, my mind is, you know, I have to think of, I have to think of her, make sure she's okay. You know, we have a first aid kit, but we don't have a trauma type first aid kit. And if something happens to her, what am I going to do? I can't carry her out of there. And if something happens to me, she can't do this either. And we've talked about this before. And so mentally, I think I was okay by the time we got to the park. Physically, I was not. And one of my biggest concerns was my heart. My heart rate, I couldn't get it lowered no matter what I did. And going in, I really had to pee, so I didn't want to drink any water. Let me start right there for a second. Let me stop right there for a second. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. If you take away nothing from what I say when you're going into hiking or anything else, hydration, hydration, hydration. One of the worst things you can do when you're hiking is you may have to pee and there's no clear place for you to go. There's no bathroom and you just sip water and you don't drink water because you don't want to have to go to the bathroom. What you end up doing is dehydrating yourself. So by the time you finish, you're so weak, you might pass out. And that would be one of the biggest mistakes that you could possibly ever make. And so I was trying to be careful not to do that. Um, just just to make sure. And so I did drink a little bit. And then when we got there, we uh, we were drinking, I want to say river water, but it's not a water. It's a stream or a brook. I don't know what you want to call it. It's, it's a body of water that's actually moving and you can drink from. So we had a filter and we used that to filter the water. And I drink some of that, and it's been a couple of days when that's sick, and so that's okay. But then I got home, I mean, when we got back here, and I have done nothing since we have come back to this room but drink water. And I'm, like, ridiculously thirsty. So how I know, which tells, not that while I know, what tells, which tells me that I was dehydrated. And I didn't purposely set out to do that. So back to my heart. So um, I'm going through all these different things. And I turn around at one point and my daughter just starts to look like she's collapsing to the floor. Some of you know about my wife dying. And I've had this discussion before that she just fell right in front of me. And then I went over there to help her try to give a CPR. Um, I was unsuccessful in that and just watching her and just being helpless and trying to save her life. So this was not a good thing for me to have to see and experience. Um, my heart rate was already at was already peaking at this particular point because we had been hiking for now at least an hour and a half to two hours. And the jolt to my heart was insane. Now, I didn't tell her anything. She's probably going to hear this episode and be like, why didn't you say something? I didn't tell her anything, but I was just saying, 
oh snap. And so I, I worked it down and worked it down. And so as we continued to climb, because we would con- we climbed at least two hours before we went down. And I thought that the incline was going to come halfway in. It really wasn't. It was at the tail end of the hike. And so it was really, really hard for me to continue to get my heart rate down my, to, to a resting heart rate, which is what I usually do when I'm working out in the gym or we go, you know, um, um, hiking for a day or day hiking. And it's easy to kind of calm myself down because I'm used to doing it. And I'm used to hiking for hours on end. And so my body's been, is, 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 is a, I don't want to say subject. My body is conditioned to this type of lifestyle now. But it's been a very long time since we've had a strenuous hike in one of this nature. I mean, like almost a year, even during our winter hikes and our fall hikes this year, they've been very, very easy or very small. And it really didn't push any limits anywhere. So the last time we went hiking, um, three mile hike, a couple of about a month or so ago, that really pushed us to our bodies hurting. I mean, it was was hurting. The muscles hurting because they had been used that much. And so there's another a month and a half gap until we get to this. So we finally get down to camp and we set up the camp and the sweat starts to cool off. And now I'm getting cold. As I'm getting cold, I get this chill up my back. And usually um, if my if I can't keep my body warm and a lot of times it's that cold air that creeps up my back, I end up being sick. I was just thinking, great. What if I end up with pneumonia out here? So you can see, you, you see where this is going, right? My brain just continued to go on all night long of all the different things that can go on. And so we set up this tent where, you know, we're in the middle of a pathway. It wasn't the greatest spot, but it was the best spot for the situation. And we left the, the, the uh, but we have like these flaps, um, uh, what can, it's a rain fly, right? So a rain fly is something you put over because the tents have to be vented. And so you put that over the cover for the rain. And so we left it, we left the rain flap open a little bit to vent the air straight through. And um, I typically don't sleep a lot when we go camping, at least for the first day. And we usually camp for at least three to four days when we go camping, regular camping. And so use that first night is very hard for me to sleep. So um, during this road trip, we had to travel and um, I drove halfway. We camped one night, woke up the next morning, drove halfway, ended in um, Tennessee. And then after that, we were here for about a day. And the day after that, went out hiking. And then now to come back today have one day, you know, to rest and then back out in the road to do the same thing we did to come here. So I haven't had much sleep. The only time I have slept is when we've been here at the hotel. So that night I'm awake and I'm thinking of all the people that can come through. So, you know, I go into uh, survival mode, protective mode. So on top of not sleeping because it was very uncomfortable sleep, I'm now in protective mode and watching and looking out and listening for everything. And um, we were next to a river. I'm gonna tell you something. You people who lie. Whoever said falling asleep next to the river is so relaxing, lie, lie, lie. It rages and it's loud. So I'm laying there and then I kind of doze off 
And I'm sure some of you understand what I'm talking about. When you sort of doze off and you hear like this explosion in your ear and you wake up. Um, when you doze off, when you're really not trying to go to sleep, but you're, but you're so tired, your body and you just fall asleep. Well, that happened to me. And then my heart just started racing. And it went back to earlier that day, just thinking, okay, what, what, what happens if I have a heart attack? Because you, know, you get to a particular age, you think of all these things that could possibly happen while you're doing other activity. Whether it be that natural activity with your wife, whether it's that unnatural activity, you trying to play basketball with your friends, or whether it's just you living, period. And, you know, I couldn't sleep for part of the night because I kept thinking of, did I push myself too hard? Did I push myself to its limit? Can I live through this? Then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, I got very, very fearful of doing this to get out of the park. I've never had this happen to me. I started thinking, what's going to happen to go out? At one point, I got dizzy when we went in because I have vertigo, which I don't know if I've spoken about this on on, um, on this show. Um, a few of my family members have vertigo, and some of them have it really, really bad. And I also suffered through panic attacks back in the day. So, you know, vertigo can trigger a panic attack, and a panic attack can trigger vertigo in me. My entire body is crazy. So I look down. Never look down. I looked down at one point and everything started to spin. So that was going in. So the night I'm sitting up there thinking, um, uh, I'm a little fearful of doing this whole thing all over again because of everything that I was experiencing through this hike. I was unconditioned and not prepared. So on the way out, um, I was doing fine until I looked down and got dizzy again. And I was doing fine until I started thinking and replaying everything that I thought about in my head the night before. At this point, my body already went through what it was going to go through. I felt okay. I knew what to expect because we went through this coming in. Um, it was better going back because I understood the terrain. I understood what I was going to go through. I knew that it was a steep incline as we were ending that last part of the mile, which was about, I would say, about 45 minutes at the end. So I knew that that would be the first thing that I had to deal with. And unfortunately, that part was very rocky and filled with a lot of different roots. So I knew that would be the first thing I had to experience in the morning. And I was not looking forward to the pain in my knees waking up and going through that. Um, because after that, it would be a steady down incline for the next two hours to get out of there. And then my knees is going to be like noodle coming out of the whole thing. In which it was. My legs and my knees, um, you know, the knee almost gave out at one point. But this is the risk that we take when we're hiking over 50, when we're playing basketball over 50, when we're playing football, well, ain't nobody playing football over 50, right? Nah, at this particular point, you're just watching your grandkids. So when we do anything over a particular age, this is the stuff we need to always worry about, and this is what happens. So this point, it was no longer a physical game as it was coming in. At this point, the return trip was a mental game. 
and it was an unholy war. My body had been wrecked because I didn't sleep before, and because we put our, our bags on on what you call a, it's a, a I'll say a bear cable. So you, you because there's a lot of black bears we saw some. Um, you have to put your food inside this cable and you hang it up in the air so the bears can't get it. They're not attracted to it, and so I left the Aleve in there so I didn't take anything to take the pain and the swelling down while I slept. While I slept, so that was. <laughs> So I knew that this was going to be a problem in the morning, and it was because it got kind of cold, and my body was freezing all morning long, and you all know that even if you don't have arthritis, when you become a certain age, cold water and cold air do not make the body feel good. So I was already going uphill, but headed downhill in this trip, you know what I mean? So my body, my bones kept snapping like it does in cold days like Rice Krispies. But, and I knew this was going to happen. So I took some Ultranol and I put it in my pocket. And I said, I'll take it maybe midway. That way it could work by the time I get out. And, you know, it'll soothe the pain. But the physical part was okay. It was this mental warfare that I went through. And I kept thinking. You know, the night before, and in, and in the vertigo, and I, and I would look, and all of a sudden, I just my head just kept spinning the entire time, just kept spinning the entire time, and I'm getting dizzy, and I have to slow down. Then I had to stop. I had to stop more, not because I was tired, especially since we're going downhill. I had to stop more because I was having this mental fight with myself to mentally defeat my own self to getting where I need to go. At this point, it was not the physical limitations. It was my mental limitations, which had been attacked. Now I had to do battle with myself to push myself physically to complete a task that I know I could do. I know I could do it because I did it the day before. But because I was fearful of all the things that happened the day before, I now went into this with a fear and that fear was not a good thing. And so after this, you know, we finally get out. We finally get to the car. I'm so happy to see the puddle jumper because halfway through this, I was thinking, um, yo, no, I'm from, we from New York. We, we're not all that trusting or is it just me? Um, I'm just going to trust my car sitting out there in some lot while I'm spending the night out in the mountains somewhere. And uh, by the way, people, if you're here and you're listening from Tennessee, this state for where we were is beautiful. So much greenery around here. Anyway, I digress. What's this? Third time I went off track? Yeah. So um, we make it out and I get to the car and I'm just tired. It wasn't so much my body. It was my mind that was tired. So we pull out out of the lot and some people ask us questions about the trail. And I'm like, I don't know. This is the first time I'm here. So we start driving. And um, the day before, we were driving up and down the strip. And we were looking at places like burgers. I'm like, I'm done with hamburgers. I don't want to see another hamburger. I don't want to see another cup of coffee anymore. Because we left the tea at home. So I had nothing to drink in the morning except for coffee. And I extended 
my coffee ration how much I want. So I said, I didn't want to see any more coffee and I'm tired of, of hamburger. Do you know when we got finished, I was so craving a hamburger. So we drove by, we saw the sign, and I did a beeline from the direction we were supposed to be going to get back to the hotel. And I went and I got a hamburger, and it was like the best thing I've ever eaten. It really was a really good burger, by the way. Angus beef is really good. But, and then I ate it. And it was good. But the point here is what we have to go through when we are of a certain age, and I'm talking strictly over 50, because you know at over 40, you already know that you shouldn't be doing things or that, you know, there's a particular limitation to what you can do and you need to change your focus or how you do things. So when we start hitting the 50 age, that's where it becomes the danger zone. We're in the red zone for things that we're doing. And if we haven't done this all of our lives, then we need to prepare ourselves mentally and physically to be able to do these challenges. And so I've been hiking over 50 for the past couple of years. And, you know, like I said, we're, we're responsible. We can't blame anybody for this. And I enjoy it. I don't want to stop doing it. Um, this backpacking thing, I would love to do it again. I don't think that I would do backpacking as something I would do a lot of in the years because I am advancing in my years and my body is not going to get any younger. It's something I might want to do once or twice a year, but I will continue hiking as long as my knees can take it, as long as my legs can take it. Um, I do enjoy camping. So I figure, you know, by, by the time, you know, get all the stuff I can get in now and probably will start, you know, will maybe focus on more camping and, and uh, taking trips somewhere. And since my grandchildren are getting older, might incorporate them in teaching them about the outdoors of camping. So that has nothing to do with this, but you understand what I'm saying. You know, we, we need to understand not just our limitations, but if we're going to push our limitations, that we need to be prepared for everything that's going to happen. And I've been pretty much prepared over the past three to four years that I've been hiking over the age of 50. But I totally was not prepared for that mental challenge and, ba um, and battle that I had to do. I was not prepared for that. I've never really experienced anything like that. And it was crazy. Um, and so the recovery time, right? You know, when I have to recover from this, it usually takes about a day. Um, if it's a real strenuous hike, it takes me about a day to recover. So I'll come back and maybe I'll take and a leave if it's really bad so I can get a couple of hours of, of you know, if it's working on me. Um, most times I'll take Motrin and I can just rest my legs. I'll put some little, you know, Tiger Balm or something on my kneecaps and I'll just rest and you'll just get a good night's sleep and everything will be good. Since there's a jacuzzi in a hotel, and I haven't sat inside a tub in years. The last time, and do you do not laugh at me. Do not laugh at me. The last time I was in a tub, it was a jacuzzi. Me and my wife were in the room. She was watching something while I was in a tub. I hit that button. I know. I'm not really digressing from this because this, this actually, this is really part of my recovery for today. And in and then I'm going to let you guys go because I'm kind of hungry. So we, 
We're in Atlantic City, and um, I get into into the tub, but I can't get out. I push the button and the jets start going like, why is it making so much noise? And so I turn it off and then after I was relaxed, I'm trying to get out the tub and I couldn't get out and I was slipping and the water disappeared. By the time I finally got out, I was trying to lean on my knees. That wasn't helping. And she came over and had to grab me. And if you guys could see this, I'm going to give you a mental image that's going to screw you up for the rest of your life. My big naked body trying to climb out a tub with her there. And by, when we were done, we couldn't stop laughing because it was hilarious. You know, 20 years ago, I probably would have hopped out there with no problem. And so I kind of thought about that, about this tub here. But the um, the width of it, it's small enough so that I could get out. And now it's like I've thought about it when I turned the water on. It's nobody but here but me and my daughter. And I was like, you know what? She can go on to therapy if I have to call her to come and help me. So <laughs> anyway, um, people, so um, part of recovery this day was um, just coming in and I started drinking water. And I realized that, oh, snap, I was dehydrated. And so um, I just started drinking some water and then I sat inside the tub for a little bit. And I got to tell you. It felt so good on my knees. My entire lower body felt so good just to soak in there for like maybe 20 minutes. And then um, I hadn't had any sleep. You want to know how weird this was? I yarned about 10 times on the trail trying to get out. How does the world does somebody do that? Only someone who hasn't slept. So um, that was a recovery. For me today, it was it was sort of short, short, shortened, but I think I needed to sleep more than I needed like a full day recovery that which would happen after something this strenuous. And the fast track it was that tub. And this is the course of doing things when you're over 50 years old. This is the course of doing things when you have a lot of different ailments in life. But if you want to do this, then take that challenge on then take that thing on. I would say, although I'm going through all this, I don't intend to stop until my body has said we can no longer do this particular activity, but we can do this activity. Or until my body says we can no longer do any of this, any of these type of activities you want to do. So figure out something else that you can do to just have a passion and enjoy life. So, but, um, so yeah, so after the tub and I just was sitting down and was looking at something, as I said earlier, and I just fell asleep. I just conked out and then all those, you know, I guess I had like two nightmares within the however seconds, minutes it was that I was sleeping and it was, you know, maybe it's just a holdover of that whole mental battle that I had to go through. I don't know. I don't know. Is this something that's normal for us at this age or is it just me? Why don't you tell me and let me know? But I encourage you that even though there are challenges when we reach a particular age, don't stop doing things. Some of us get to the point where we say, well, this is too hard and I can't do it. And then we just stop and do nothing else. 
the body falls apart, we mentally fall apart, we give up on life, and then we're just a lump. On our way back here, we saw three people far older than I going up this trail, and it was extremely steep. I'm like, yo, God bless them. <laughs> you know, they, they were taking this on at at least, I want to say, 67. I want to really say 70, but I'm going to be nice. At least 60-something years old. And they were doing it for this hike. Though it's fun to be outside. It's fun to do these things. It's fun to go fishing. And if it's something that you used to do and it's a little difficult about doing it now, okay, find out your difficulty level. See what you can do that you can change. Maybe you need to go someplace that's closer. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what it is going to be for you to do something um, adventurous or strenuous over 50. But I say, go for it. Go into it knowing the risks. Go into it knowing you may have a certain limitation. Condition your mind, condition your body and figure out what you need to do to be able to complete that thing that you used to enjoy doing or the thing that you enjoy now and you want to continue to doing. Continue to doing? Continue to do. Okay. I went a little long this Wednesday. However, I needed you to understand that. I needed you to hear that. I need you to be encouraged to go out there and do that whatever it is. I'm going to get out of here. You guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.